Jesus, all praise, all honor, all glory is yours forevermore. And Lord, our heart, our desire today is for our lives, for every breathing moment to come into an alignment of that kind of worship, that kind of praise and adoration. May the name of Jesus be high and exalted. May the name of Jesus be lifted high in this place. May the name of Jesus be, be lifted high through the expressions of our lives, through the way that we live, through the way that we think, the way that we relate to those around us, through the way that we, we work and interact. And Lord, through everything, may the name of Jesus be exalted. For he is worthy. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to have your way. We just pronounce that the ground that we're standing on is holy ground, that it is set apart for you, for your purposes. And we wanna enter into to that, that most holy space. It's why we've gathered. It's, it's why we've come. To meet with you. So would you continue this morning to speak to us. Would you continue this morning to reveal yourself, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, well, good morning and welcome to church. Man, it's good to be in the house of God, in, in the presence of the Lord, and uh, to know that he is a God who pursues us with loving kindness, a God whose mercies are new every morning, and we are able to declare, great is your faithfulness, God. So, so glad that you're here. My name's Travis, the lead pastor here at Antioch, and uh, man, what a, what a great continuation of an incredible week that we had last week, and uh, getting to, to uh, celebrate Easter Sunday morning as a family and the resurrection of Jesus, uh, uh, his victory over sin and death, and uh, getting to see that displayed in baptisms, and the kids Kids gathering around, you know, they're like grabbing onto the, the edge of the, the trough, just like kind of like, let me in. Um, uh, we've taught them that there's no salvific powers in the water, but they're just like, they're there. They're like, give me splash, give me wet. Uh, just love it, just like the family gathering around. And uh, what, a, what a beautiful celebration of the Lord's resurrection. Maybe for you, the first time you've been on an Easter Sunday where uh, the book of Revelation was preached, not really the, the typical Easter message, you know, busting out the lamb with the seven horns and seven eyes and all for all the guests, but, um, but hopefully it, it worked out okay, because man, what, a, what an incredible um, biblical message of uh, the, the lamb that was slain that still bears the, the marks of our sin and our shame, but who stands victorious. And so today we're actually going to be finishing up our study in the, the book of Revelation chapter five. And um, we're going to be ending, uh, hopefully uh, in a way that causes us, that, that compels us uh, or propels us forward in, in, the, in the areas of prayer, of, of worship, 
and a way of living, okay? So we're gonna be kind of hitting a lot there, but I, but I think that there is a way that God wants to send us out um, a, as a result of what, what he's doing in us in the book of Revelation. This, this book uh, that, that we're studying, that the message of this book is meant to strengthen us, the church, towards consistent and faithful devotion to Jesus in light of the fact that he is coming again, in light of the fact that he rules and reigns uh, from, uh, from on high, an unshakable kingdom so that we, we might endure to the end. And so that, that is our hope and our prayer uh, coming out of this study is that, that we would, would receive this much needed encouragement so that we can be strengthened in that faithful allegiance to Jesus for a lifetime, okay, for, for a lifetime uh, and that we would be the bride that, that finishes well. So let's turn to Revelation 5. And today we are going to, uh, to end up reading through the entire chapter because though we've kind of covered the, the first uh, several portions of the chapter, I just want to read back through it to get the full picture of what's happening as we enter into Revelation 4 and 5, particularly the, 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 the throne room scene of heaven as re revealed to us uh, through, through John, who's writing this book. So begin with me in Revelation chapter 5, starting in verse 1. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has triumphed and he is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. And the lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people." We're gonna stop there for a moment and do just a real quick recap. This is uh, much of the, the text that we've been going through over the last few weeks. And we see God seated on his throne in the heavenly throne room. And in his right arm, there is a scroll. And this scroll contains uh, the, the will of God that will, be, that will be released into the earth for all his future plans all his plans of destroying and coming fully against evil, all his plans of the, the full restoration of the church and, and his bride. It is the, the glory and goodness of God being revealed in its fullness on the earth and, and, and as the end comes. And so the, this, uh, the, the books, the, the chapters leading up to Revelation 5 are building up to this. 
that there is, there is worship surrounding the throne, uh, that, that there's letters been written to the churches challenging them to overcome. And so John is, is building up in his anticipation of all the things of God that are to come. And, and so it's these seven seals just need to be removed and then the scroll can be opened and everything that he's been believing for, hoping for, living his life for, uh, putting his faith in will be unveiled. And then there's a moment of stillness in the throne room. After the angel says, who is worthy to open the scroll? There, there's like this, this, this awkward moment where John's like, there's nobody moving. There's nobody responding to the question. And it seems like it lasts forever, so much so that he begins to weep and weep because it appears that there is no one who is worthy to open the scroll that the plans and purposes of God might be unfurled, that they might go, that they might go forth. And so he begins to weep until the elder, one of the elders next to him says, hey, son, do not weep, pull it together. Like there is one who is worth this lion of Judah. And then we get this beautiful picture uh, of this lion that comes to conquer, but he conquers in much, a much different way than we might anticipate in that the lion comes and he gives up his life like a lamb. The next thing that John sees is a lamb standing in victory, though slain bearing the marks of our sin, of our shame, even in the resurrected form of the lamb. And there he stands in his glory. And it says, it's the description that we've gone over with the different creatures and elders. And it says in verse eight there, that there was a golden bowl of incense, which were the prayers of God's people, of the saints. And I want to talk about that for a moment because we, we didn't get the chance to last week be, because, because of time and the nature of the message. But, but, but I want to speak something to you that I think will be incredibly powerful um, in, in, our, in our prayer life. I think there's something this morning that God wants to ignite in the way of prayer in this house. Um, so... We, we read this passage of scripture and we see that, that there is the, the, this, this golden bowl that's this incense and this incense is rising up and God is breathing it in and he smells it day and night. And, and this, this, what's, what's there is the prayers of the saints. It's a beautiful thing and uh, that we, we can kind of picture, okay, all, all the prayers of all the saints for, for, uh, for the last 2,000 years, you know, are, are gathered together here. And I want us to boil it down a little more so that it has a little deeper impact to think about the way that your prayers, that your, your prayers are sitting there. They, they have made their way into the throne room of heaven. That the, the prayers that you pray, that, that, that every prayer prayed by faith has made its way into the heavenly throne room. In fact, it, it goes on in Revelation 8 and it speaks again about these, these prayers of incense. And, and it, it says it this way in Revelation 8, uh, 3, 3 and 4, that another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer, and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. 
And just after this passage of scripture, the, the seventh seal is unsealed and the, and the scroll is able to be opened and the plans of God go forth. And as you study this particular passage of scripture, it, it is in, incredible to, to think about the way that the prayers of the saints play a role in the, in the coming of the, the fullness of God's kingdom. That, that it's, the, the, it's when the, the prayers of the saints are, are rightly gathered, when, when the bowl of incense finds it's, 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 it's full, that then the seventh seal can be removed and the purposes of God can go forward. So that as we read these passages of scripture, uh, we, we begin to understand a couple of things that will help our prayer life endure. And that's important. They're, they're in, uh, in Luke 18, Jesus uh, tells a parable of the persistent widow who, and, and, and uses that parable to talk to us about persevering in prayer. And in, uh, in, in Luke 18, one, it says, it, it kind of gives a preface to the parable of why Jesus is teaching this parable. And it's because he wants us to learn how that we ought to pray and not give up that we ought to always pray and not give up is what Luke 18, one says. Uh, some of the translations, instead of give up, it says become weary or grow disheartened. And, and so I believe that th these passages in Revelation will, are gonna do just that for us. Teach us to always pray and to not grow disheartened or weary in our praying. As we think about and, and allow our minds to, to dwell on the fact that every prayer offered up in faith finds its way to the throne room of heaven. And, and it's gathered there, it remains there, that, that no prayer prayed falls flat to the ground. No prayer is ever forgotten, no prayer is ever wasted, but every prayer of God, let your kingdom come. Every prayer, God, let, let, your, let your will be done in, in this situation. Every, every prayer of, Lord, increase my faith. Lord, bring salvation to my family. Lord, release joy into my, my kids, my sons, my daughters. Every, every prayer of, of bringing peace to, to my workplace, not one prayer ever prayed has been prayed in vain, ever. But it finds its way to the heavenly throne room and is this beautiful incense that's, that day and night goes up before God until it's all rightly gathered so that then it can be a part of making a way for the plans of God to go forward. And there's something incredibly powerful about the way that prayer impacts not only right now, that God answers prayer, that he hears prayer, but, but uh, up until that day, those prayers remain before the throne of God. That we ought to, that we then may endure in prayer. That we, that we might understand that there is something about prayer that even though it is kind of the, the most, one of the most rudimentary elements of the Christian faith that we learn to, to pray, that it has incredible power in this world and in, in the kingdom of God. That, that though there are, there are 
days and times and, and realities where we feel like, man, we don't have much authority in this world around us. Or the way things are going in this world, you know, I don't, I don't have a place. I don't have ability to speak up or, or you know, the, the, these changes or this that I disagree with. And, and yet here we have in one of the most rudimentary elements of the faith, what God is saying, that which is so incredibly powerful that as it goes up before the throne of God, that it will actually usher in the fullness of the plans and purposes of God. Yeah. And so there's a revelation here that we would see that God is moving, that he is active, even when we can't see with human eyes, that he is moving, that he is active, and it is the prayers of the saints that are moving uh, the, the heart of God and, and even that, that have something to do with the timeline of God unveiling his plans and purposes on the earth. And so we must be a people who pray and who do not give up in prayer and who do not believe the, the lies of the enemy or our own emotions that come in and say, that's not work, it's not working. No, does anybody even hear me? Is there really even any power here? And we turn to the word of God and say, and shut up those lies and say, no, this is true. That the prayers of the saints every time make their way to the throne room of God as incense going up before his throne. Our prayer coordinators had gathered, they didn't even know I was preaching on this today, but had gotten me some material. One of the things that they're being stirred up for in our prayer ministry is just uh, uh, one thing as of late is just to, to engage in praying uh, for, for, uh, for people. And uh, one of the ways that we're going to, we wanna activate that is just a kind of a place of practical response for us today is, uh, is through asking God to highlight three people in your life to pray for every day over the next month. So taking the next 30 days and saying, God, what are three people? It could be somebody I'm believing for their salvation in my workplace. It could be for restoration relationally for somebody in my family. Whatever it is, just three people that I'm going to pray for every day. And I'm going, believing prayer. And I'm going to almost picture my prayers going up to the throne room of heaven and, and being, being lifted up before God as he, as he, as he hears and breathes in the, the prayers of the saints. And, and, um, and this week, we've got, a, we've got a little tool to just help you with it. Obviously, you can do that without a tool, but uh, we're gonna be sending this out in, in the weekly. Many of you are already a part of the weekly. It's just the weekly newsletter that we send out. If you're not, uh, there's a screen up here if you wanna get this, or, and it has other communication of things going on in the church. You can sign up to receive it, but... Um, but the, the, the weekly will have this, uh, this little sheet. It's got some ways to pray through, uh, pray for people using scripture. Has a few examples of scripture just to begin with. If you want a good place to start praying out the word of God over people that you're praying for, uh, you can get that there. But we wanna be a people who are reignited in, in prayer and that we do not lose steam, that we do not lose heart, uh, but that we persevere in it. There's something that for us to learn here. And not only that, but I believe God wants to stir up a, a place of greater worship that he's already releasing on us as a people. But I wanna read some of that here in, in, in verse nine, moving forward. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. 
You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. I know we talked about this last week, but can we just revisit the, the beauty of what's being spoken? First of all, there, there is this new song that's being sung in heaven. What, what we need to begin to realize is that the, the crooks of all eternity past and future is, is the moment that, that the lamb both suffered and then rose again and the songs of heaven begin to change and the, the worship in heaven uh, began to expand. We're gonna read about that uh, as, as the lamb received the, the, the honor uh, that was due his name. And so we begin to see that worthy is the lamb. And then it goes into why. Why? Because he gave up his life that, that the, the, the souls of men might be purchased for God, that, that our lives would be purchased for God. People from every tribe, language and people and nation. The, 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 the display of the throne room is this beautiful display that there is no culture, there is no people, there is no language that God by his spirit has not penetrated, that the gospel does not have power and impact and, and the, that God might be glorified. One of my, my very favorite uh, passages uh, about missions, which we engage in uh, a lot as a church is by, is by John Piper. He says, missions exist because worship does not. That, that, there, that we, in reading things like this and being caught up into who God is, increase in a jealous desire for God to be worshiped. And it begins to expand beyond just here in this room, like, yes, I wanna worship God. I wanna worship him and I wanna get excited about who he is. That then it's like, wait, not just me. God doesn't just deserve my worship. He doesn't just deserve worship in this room. He deserves the worship of our city. He deserves the worship of our nation. He deserves the worship of the nations of the earth. And he promises that every tongue, tribe, and nation will be represented before the throne. And so we've got to be a part of seeing the worship of God in the nations of the earth. That's why we've got over 100 people going out this summer. That's why we celebrate the opportunities to, to, to go and to be a part of, of making disciples of all nations. And because he is worthy of worship. And we see throughout Revelation 5 here just the buildup and the increase of worship. So we see this new song being sung and it's, it's, the, it's the 24 elders and the four living creatures. Uh, we're not, if, you, if you don't know who they are, or that's confusing to you, you could go back a couple weeks ago. So we're not gonna go back at all that, but, but it's, it's them gathered around the throne room singing out this new song. Then we go to verse 11. And it says, then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, which becomes an understatement because he says, actually they're numbering thousands upon thousands. No, 10,000s times 10,000s. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. And in a loud voice, they were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And so now they're just, the, the throne room of heaven is getting really full. You know, it is filling up because of what has happened at the cross and at the grave, the, the tomb that is empty. And so there's this worship that is going up and there is a gathering of momentum around the declaration that the lamb, Jesus, he is the worthy one. He is the one that all creation has been longing for. 
He is the one who will free from, from, from slavery all those who have been held their whole life as slaves to sin and death. And he has come and he is victorious. And so now all the angels have gathered to declare that which the, the four living creatures and the 24 elders were declaring. Then it goes on in verse 13 and we see an expanse of who is worshiping. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. And so now we have this picture you know, and Revelation, you know, is, is, is known for, for it. Man, it's, a, it's a hard book to understand and to wrap our minds around. And part of the reason for that is that sometimes it's talking about things that have happened in the past. Sometimes it's talking about things that are happening in an ongoing fashion right now. Sometimes it's talking about things that are ha going to happen in the future. And we're trying to, to, to make sense of it all. And, and for me, this last one is almost one that is speaking of, of that which is coming in its fullness, that there is a day coming when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Every tongue will say to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever. And we as the church have the opportunity, just like in one of the songs we sing, to not let that only be a future day, but to let that be today as far as it is goes with us. As far as it goes with us, that we will declare through everything that we do, not just the songs that we sing, not just the response time in church, but the way we interact with people, the way that we uh, lead people, if we're a boss at work, the way that we, that we, we serve the, the, the vision of the company that we work for, in everything that we do, and the way that we, we, we relate to those around us, that we do it in a manner worthy of the one who was slain. We do it in a manner of thinking through how would this give him glory? How would Jesus be exalted and that we're, we're just like the throne room of heaven is being consumed. Do you, do, you, do you see it? They're just being consumed with the lamb, the risen lamb who was slain, who now lives that the, the plans of God might go forth. They are being overwhelmed with who he is. How could we not be? How, how could we go through life Many of you in the room, maybe have, having had gone to church for years and this is what you do and like, oh yeah, that Jesus, oh yeah, that is amazing. Oh yeah, Easter, woohoo, you know, he's risen. He's risen indeed, you know, all that. And, 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 and miss the one who is worthy of all adoration, of all praise, of all of our affection. He's worthy. And so I believe that there is something that God is stirring up of worship, of just of, of, of worship in the way that we live. And it might look different and it might look weird, but he is worthy. And there will never be worship offered up to Jesus that you will regret, that you will on the day when you stand before God, that you will ever regret the, the giving him worship, declaring his worthiness through the way that you live. It will not be ever something that you regret. So let us give him the worship that he deserves.
because he didn't only, I mean, we are, we are saved by, by his grace, right? And, but not only did we just kind of barely make it and, and you know, he purchased us, man, we just barely got through that, but actually he, it says that we've been made to be a kingdom and priest to serve our God and to reign on the earth. It, it, he took us poor, helpless sinners and, and, and redeemed us. And not only barely getting by, but you know, the skin of our teeth kind of thing, but no, actually he's given us so much that he calls us priests in the house of God, part of the kingdom of God that's unshakable and given us authority on the earth to make disciples. And so we worship him because he's worthy. And as the title of this entire series kind of depicts that this, these things ha don't happen in a vacuum, they happen in everyday living. The, the title of the series is Living with the End in Sight. Living with the End in Full View. Because John's challenge here was to write down what he saw. That's what he was commissioned to do. And so what we're trying to do is, is to see what it is that he wrote down. So we're living with the end, what's being revealed to us about the end in full view, in plain sight. That's our heart. That's our desire. And it means that something about the way that we live. I want to close this morning by just reading a, a passage of scripture out of Colossians chapter three. It's a, it's a, a great passage for us to conclude uh, th this idea of worship out of Revelation chapter five. Um, great to conclude this, this idea of what it means to live as in, in accordance with it. And um, it's also a great passage coming right out of Easter. I'll, I'll share with you why. It says this in chapter three of Colossians, beginning in verse one. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. So this is, remember, what we just celebrated, what we, we just got so excited about last week. And so now, this, this resurrection life, Jesus was the, 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 the first to be, to be resurrected. And, and we will experience him as the resurrection in life on that day. And so since then, you have been raised with Christ. If that is true, that we've experienced resurrection life in the resurrected Lord, then do this. Okay, so it, that's, that's why it's the perfect segue from Easter into, okay, if that's true, then let's go for it. Then that, that means something about the way that we live. And, and it says, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. We just learned a little bit about that, right? The, the, the lamb, right? At the, the right hand of God being worshiped. And so this is where he is. So he is worthy of worship. And so to, to respond to that, it, 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 may, it means something about the way that we live. And so we're to keep our hearts on things above and our, and our mind on things above, where Christ is, he who is your life. And, and then you will also appear with him 
in glory. Then you will also appear with him in glory. Okay, so a reminder now, he is coming again. Christ who will appear. He will appear. He is coming again. And if you're believing for that, if you're living for that, then you will keep your your heart and your mind fixed on things above, not on earthly things. Then you will be prepared when he comes again so that as it says in verse four there, then you also will appear with him in glory. Paul, um, let me read this real quick. 2 Timothy 4, is this the way Paul put it? I am already being poured out like a drink offering and the time for my departure is near. And and here's here's how I've lived. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. There's a way that God is wanting us to see and to live with the end in plain sight. That we would be aware of the coming King who is worthy of worship. That we would be caught up into heavenly throne room worship. Let me give you another practical this week. Read through the the rest of of, uh, Colossians 1 through 17. Because we read like, hey, keep my, yes, I want to keep my, my heart and mind on things above. And then it's like, and how do I do that? Yeah, how do I do that when I leave here? How do I do that tomorrow morning when I'm going back to work? Use the rest of the week meditating on Colossians 3, 1 through 17. Because right, right after verse four there, it's, it, there's a therefore. Okay, if that's what you want to do, therefore do this. This is how you do it. And so meditate on that this week. Go deep into God's word. Let it impact the way that you live your life. But we're asking God today to just come and to, to, to reveal himself. That's, that's kind of what revelation is about, right? It is a revelation of him. It is an aha moment. What is the aha moment that God wants to give you today? That you just see him like you hadn't seen him before. That you come to a place and you're like, I, I know him and I, I know him and I, I, I'm drawn near to him. And it's in that place of revelation that then we can ascribe to him the worth that he is due. And so Lord, would you bring the place of revelation today? Would you bring the place of revelation? Would you... Would you speak to us today, God? Make clear to us in this moment who you are. Or would you course correct the places that we haven't seen you rightly? Would you take us deeper into the places that we've only seen you shallow? moment here, just in the stillness in this moment. Just ask God, God, what do you want me to know about who you are? And how do I need to respond to that revelation? God, what do you want me to know 
about who you are? And how do you want me to respond to that truth? to him by faith. And so I want to invite you to stand with me in this moment and we're just going to have time to respond to God. For some in this room, he is reigniting the fires of intercession. He's reigniting it and you know you need it. You know, and there's just faith that he's wanting to pour out on your prayer life. And if that's something that you're desiring, I'm gonna in just a minute just have you come and maybe just come over here and just say, God, reignite the the fires of prayer in me. Reignite faith and believing for, for, for prayer for you to come and bring breakthrough in prayer. And uh, you're gonna come and just respond over here and we're gonna have some of our prayer warriors in the room, they're gonna come around and just pray for you. Others of you, maybe just come if you're just like, I just, I wanna, I wanna worship him in the way that he deserves. I just wanna come and just almost in, in a mirror-like fashion of the throne room, just come and get, get on my knees before God, fall on my face and say, you're worthy. Then we're just gonna leave the space open for that. Some of you just need to come and say, God, I offer up to you my life and the way of living. And for others of you, you need to come and, and respond today because God's inviting you to come home in the way that maybe you don't know him and you've been searching and, 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 and wandering it through life and looking for a place to call home, feeling lost. And he's saying to you today, come home. We're gonna have a few of our ministry team members this morning kind of over on, on the sides. So we're gonna leave this space open just for people to respond. But if you need prayer for anything, if you wanna talk with somebody about how to have a relationship with God, to come home in that way, our ministry team members would love to pray for you. But let's just begin responding right now. If God's stirring you up for, for intercession, just come over onto this side of the room. For worship, we're just gonna kind of clear this out. If you need prayer for a way, way of living, you know, go find somebody to pray for you. Turn to somebody that you came with, whatever it looks like. But let's not leave this place today without responding kind of wholeheartedly to God because he deserves our wholeheartedness.